Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I think we all have the experience of meeting someone and the first encounter, first meeting is always a little awkward. You're trying to get to know each other. How do I know you? How do you know me? You know, what do you like? What do you don't like? What are your hobbies? You know, are you into sports? Are you into music? Are you into TV? Do you read? What kind of job do you have? What are your family like? And all of these things can feel like checkboxes until finally something happens. You spend enough time together and all that's behind you and now you can really have a relationship. But until some of these checkboxes are checked, there's this kind of kind of awkward back and forth to really get to know someone. But what it reveals is that until we know someone's history, their story, what animates them, what they've done, what their experiences are, until we know their story, we don't know their identity. If we don't know someone's identity, it's really difficult to have a relationship with them. What makes something, what is something that makes this person unique or what makes this person come alive or upset this person? Once you know those things, you really can enter into relationship. Well, the same thing's true of our relationship with God. God has a history and it's manifested through salvation history captured largely by the Bible, but it's not too complicated of a history and many people here Uh, have learned already, but there's four main chapters to God's story. First main chapter is creation. God created everything. Chapter one, creation. Everything is created. He wanted there to be things. Why are you alive? God wants you to be alive. Why does anything exist? Because God freely wanted it to exist. And he calls it very good in the book of Genesis. So God's original plan creation was that everything is good. When he thought of all of creation, he thought of you and me, and he wanted us originally to be in the Garden of Eden. Everything is good comes from God. Chapter 2, one, chapter 1 is creation. Chapter 2 is captured. Something happened. God's original plan has gone awry. Watch the news or examine your conscience. It's pretty evident We do the things we don't want to do, and we don't do the things we want to do, St. Paul says. Look at the news, look at the corruption, look at the pain, look at the hurt, look at the revenge, the unforgiveness, all of it. Something has gone wrong, and what we learn is that we have been captured by an enemy. There is one who is against us. His name is Satan or the devil, And in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 3, we see that he lied to our first parents, and Adam and Eve fell from grace, and therefore they have been under the powers of darkness. That's what you and I are born into, the powers of darkness. Created, captured, chapter 3, God did not remain neutral or say, figure it out on your own. Chapter 3 is, he rescued us. What is God's response to us being captured? Jesus. He sends us Jesus. And Jesus goes to war over and over again. He talks about the enemy, 
the one who is against us, the accuser, a father of lies, a murderer from the beginning, the devil. And he comes and he dies and rises to bring you and me into the very life and the love of God, into the Trinity. So he comes to rescue us. This is why he sent us Jesus, because we could not save ourselves. And then chapter 4 is our response. Created, captured, rescue, response. When you've been rescued from hell, almost naturally would arise a sense of, how could I ever repay you? What can I do to such a great gift? I no longer have meaninglessness. I no longer suffer from all the things that so many people do who don't know God's story, who don't know his plan for us. You have brought me back, Jesus, to realize that it is good to be alive. Life matters. God is on our side. And we can grow and cooperate with that plan. And so the response is, yes, first we give our heart to God and say, Jesus, I'm all yours. But the second thing is, rescued people need to rescue people. Our response is Jesus in the Bible over and over again says, I will not heal the world on my own. If you are going to be a Christian, you have to help me. There's no other way. I will not do it by myself. That is not my plan. I will free you and I will walk with you and I'll give you the grace you need, but it will be you in the particularity of your life that I will pour out to people. Some people may never come into a church, but the only way they're going to know how Jesus looks at them is because of the way you look at them. I can't tell you how often my priest friends and I talk about emails and phone calls we get from people asking us, would you come to my grandson's graduation party? I would love it if a priest was there to say a blessing. Or could you come talk to this person in my family? Or could you give a blessing to my shop or my workplace? And of course, we do what we can but in reality, that's not our domain. That's all of yours. In the church, you have a title. You're known as the laity. The laity are given the dignity of the work of the world. The culture's yours. My job is to make sure when you come here, I can form you and equip you to live your mission in the world. So if, you're, if you are a doctor, you're going to be a doctor. Do you see the human person with the eyes of Jesus in the church or some ideology and other version? If you're a lawyer, do you seek true justice and not just power or corruption or honor? If you're going to become a successful business owner, are you generous and just and does, is your work building up the human experience? If you're going to be a fashion designer, do you help women's clothes honor their dignity as women, give a sense of modesty and elegance to femininity back to our culture? If you're going to be an athlete, do you do it with the heart of Christ, which is one that loves competition and winning, but also makes sure that it is done fairly? Your life is... Jesus in the world. It's how he reaches out. It's how he gets out there. In the gospel today, what happened? Jesus sent 77 to cure the sick, 
to offer peace to the world and let them know the kingdom of God is at hand. That sounds like what Jesus was doing. And he said, yeah, I've been doing it. You now saw it. Now you go. And it worked. Do you know how we know it worked? Because we're talking about them in Brecksville, Ohio, 2,000 years later. 77 people said, all right, I'm going to take Jesus at his word. He says, I can go out and I can offer him to the world. I can witness to him. I can reach out to people and invite them back to their life with God. He says it's going to work. And it did. This is a very small little town in the Middle East 2,000 years ago that we just heard about. Going to villages. It says whatever town and village, not whatever major city, little podunk nothing places. And now what? Now we can take pilgrimages to gigantic cathedrals all throughout the world. What happened? You, the people who sat in these pews before you, in pews throughout the world, said, my life, my being Catholic, isn't summed up in the Mass. It's summed up with what I take out into the world. You're going to get mocked. It's going to hurt. It's going to be disappointed. People will accuse you of things. You'll lose some family and friends. But you'll be happy. You'll be very, very happy because you know you're participating in God's plan to save the world. You are not participating in the other power's plan to drag the world down. There's only two options. Which father do we listen to? The father of lies or our heavenly father? The church, we call this every Sunday mass. It comes from the Latin word where we get the word dismissal from, where you're sent forth. At the end of the Mass, I say one of four endings. Go forth, the Mass is ended. Go in peace. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Go forth, uh, go and announce the Gospel. Go, 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 go. It's as if the church is saying, you heard the Scriptures, you were reminded, you've now been flooded with His love, grace, and promise in the Eucharist to be with you forever. Go. Does your Facebook page look like you love Jesus and He's in charge and going to win and He's the King of Peace? Do your text messages and webs and search engines look like you know every man and woman matters to God and you're responsible to help witness that? I know I got work to do. We all do. But if we wait till we're perfect, it's never going to get done. We go when Jesus tells us to, and he tells us at every Mass, go. Amen.